Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Securing Bridges podcast. You're about to join Alyssa Miller as she sits down with senior and executive security leaders to share stories of success and failure while working across business teams. It's time to build and secure the bridge to the business. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hey everybody, we are back once again. It's another week of Securing Bridges where we talk about how we bridge the gap between the security team and the rest of our organization or even the rest of our world. We have had so many incredible conversations. We're on episode, what, 18 or something? I don't even know anymore. I've lost count. But we've had a lot of great people. And every week is just a new adventure. So we're so glad to have you back. And once again this week, we have an amazing guest. I swear, one of my favorite people in all the world. <laughs> I cannot over-describe how much this person means to me. Our guest this week, it's Jessica Robinson. Hey, Jess, how are you? Great, how are you? So honored to be here. And I feel exactly the same about you, Alyssa. I'm honored to be with you today on the show. So thank you. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I am honored to have you here. This is, this is incredible. I can't believe it. I can't believe it took this long. Without you. I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but you know, we're here now. Yes. So, so first of all, let's just start by getting to know you a little bit so that our viewers you know, those that don't know you yet can uh, dig in and, and start to understand you a little bit more. Tell us a little about yourself. All right. Well, I am a uh, cybersecurity leader and I have my own company called PurePoint International. We are a uh, what I would call a holistic uh, security firm that um, really started off as uh, we'll be turning 10 years old in October, which is amazing. Um, and our company works with in, with companies in multiple industries and in energy, insurance, nonprofit, um, uh, education, multiple in industries, and really helping them to improve their cybersecurity maturity within their organization. And probably the signature service that we're known for is our CISO service, our, our re-CISO service. Um, but really, uh, but the core foundation of what we do really is um, really is what we what we would say is creating or innovating in what we call consciously secure leadership and creating um, and our brand consciously secure living. And um, and that has been the foundation of our work and how we approach our work over the past uh, ten years. Um, and as we approach ten years, you know, we're very much excited and thinking about what the next ten years are going to look like. Well. First of all, congratulations. I mean, a yes. decade running your own company is outstanding, <laughs> regardless of what the company is. Yeah. But the work you're doing is so cool. And I, I actually, I love that brand and, you know, consciously secure living. Yes. Because I think, you know, that, that to me anyway, and I, I would love to hear you describe what it means to you. To me, it, it speaks to that idea that, you know, the digital world is kind of, in every part of our lives. And we have to be very intentional about how do we live secure, but I would love to hear you describe it in your words. What does that, what does that brand mean? Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it is, you know, it's it, part of it exactly is what you said is that um, it's really about this understanding that just to be in the world today, we don't have the luxury of not understanding about security, right? It's kind of like, um, 
uh, I remember when I was talking to my mom years ago when I first started uh, getting into work and uh, and I said, oh, you know, there's there are certain times I don't want to, you know, kind of engage in conflict with people or engage in certain discussions. And she said, Jessica, you're in the game, right? Like you're in the game. And, you know, I played sports growing up. And so she's like, you're on the court, you're on the field, but you, you're not going to play. This is what it's about. And I thought it was such and she had she was a senior leader in her organization. And I really loved her kind of bringing me into a deeper awareness that if I wanted to be a leader, I have to be able to appreciate all aspects of what it meant to be a leader. And um, and when it comes to security, that as a, just as a human being, we don't have the luxury in today's world to to want to be online or to want to, um, you know, to want to have a bank account or do other things within our life and think that we um, we have the luxury of not paying attention to security and privacy. And so and that's what it's about. But also at its core, absolutely what its core and why we use the word holistic is because I think particularly in the security industry, holistic is used a lot to describe multiple different ways of looking at security. But we really look at it as, yes, digital security is important. Yes, physical security is important. But so is emotional, psychological and spiritual. And that for a lot of times when we're working with leaders, we uh, to address a cyber incident or to, to address a physical security issue and to not address other aspects of security that that person is or that team is going through isn't um, isn't realistic in that moment. So we have to we have to ensure that we're bringing our full selves. We have to ensure that we're addressing the reality of what people go through. Um, and so our, our work and um, our the foundation of our work is grounded truly on a holistic approach where we um, where we uh, where we look at all aspects of that when working with an organization and with individuals. That is incredible because what I, what I really love there and it's, I don't think we acknowledge this enough how some of those lesser talked about components like you mentioned emotional security for instance. If someone isn't in a space of emotional security, that affects them in those other aspects as well. Right. And how, you know, if we're counting on somebody to, you know, as, as we say, end users are our, mm -hmm. you know, our best defense against attackers or whatever. Well, yeah, if they're not emotionally in a safe place, mm -hmm. we can't expect them to be helping secure our organization. So yeah. am, am I kind of seeing that? Is that sort yeah, of that's, that's that's exactly it? Yeah, that's exactly it. And also that, um, you know, that all, all of these things kind of ricochet off each other and that, you know, if someone isn't feeling uh, emotionally secure around it, then it can be very difficult for them to think about, um, you know, um, other aspects of, of security as well, to your point, like digital security. Um, but it could be depending on their work in the world, depending on their, and whether they're a senior leader or an organization, an individual contributor. We work with high profile individuals as well. And so if those if that individual is a high profile individual, then, you know, not feeling emotionally safe if they've just been hacked and, you know, is like, you know, they cannot, it, it can be hard to function, right? It can be hard to like show up and give a talk. It can be hard to show up and do an interview or show up and go to work. And so uh, the way that we look at it is, you know, we really uh, work with our, work with the people that we, uh, that we support on a day-to-day -day basis to encourage them to be what we call consciously secure leaders. That, okay, we were consciously secure where we understand all of these different aspects of security and that be, maybe the work that we do causes us to have greater risk because we're higher profile or because of the type of industry we're in or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but we can still manage this and we can still move forward um, and we can we can find different ways to manage how all of this is interacting um, and impacts our life. 
Very cool. So it, one of the things I love whenever I get the opportunity to speak to someone who started their own business to, you know, today we call them founders, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. As in like this huge collective term. And I, I mean, legit, I mean, you're a founder, I get you founded yeah. an organization, but what, what inspired you? To do this, I, I mean, I, I feel like there's always everybody that I know that's ever started an organization like this has like a really cool origin story. Now I'm putting you on the spot. You are like, you have enough time for it? Oh my goodness, I don't know if you have much, but I'm gonna, I'll do it quickly as quickly as I can. So yeah, I mean, I think I think there. So there are a couple of different aspects. I mean, there was one that um, you know when I was young, I knew that I would work in, in security. Like I always knew security was for me, and I always felt like in previous lives that this was the work that I had done. Just obviously in different ways, but that security was something that was foundational for me. But also growing up, I also knew that I didn't really feel safe a lot. You know, I just there were times where I felt scared all the time. And so I think that it was also just intuitive for me to kind of be looking around going, what does it mean to be safe here? What does it mean to be safe there? Um, and whether that was in social situations or whether it was physical security related. Um, I uh, traveled when I was in college. I also traveled a lot alone. So it was one of these things where I was constantly needing to know how to how to protect myself. And um, I was, um, it was actually when I was working for a Fortune 50 company, I had taken some time off uh, for vacation and I went to India and Nepal. And I, I'd spent uh, a, a number of years as a practicing Buddhist. And so for me, this was like a pilgrimage to really be able to go and have this time in India and Nepal. And um, the first night we were in Nepal, I got really sick. And um, it was like, it was, it was really bad. And the next day it was like, I was throwing up. It was like coming out of all ends, like both ends. And I, and I literally thought that I, that I, that I like, could feel the, the life oozing out of me. And uh, that night I had a dream. And uh, that night, uh, my grandmother, who had passed six years earlier, my mom's mom, came to me in the stream, and we were in her attic in our home. And she, um, it was like in in this attic that we were kind of like getting ready for a homecoming. Really, like a, it was like a homecoming celebration, a party. And uh, my aunt, my grand, my uh, grandmother started to. Kind of float up the stairs and she floated to me in this beautiful purple gown and she just looked at me and said you can come with me now or you could stay and i knew exactly what she meant that i could die in that moment and i can go with her or that i could stay and i immediately said well i'm gonna i'm gonna stay and she said good you have much more work to do and then i woke up and i was just like oh my goodness what you know like what more work do i have to do this is incredible and i'd actually taken this time to really look at what would be next for me there are all these things in security that i knew that i wanted to do that i wanted to create that i wanted to experience but hadn't done and it was all of a sudden it was like all of these like images words started coming to me and it was it was create a more consciously secure world for billions of people what would it mean to create a more consciously secure world where the feminine was honored where women felt safe, uh, to just be themselves, to live their life, where marginalized individuals felt safe to, to just to, to exist and to, to do whatever it is that they were doing in the world. And, um, and so in the end, it really just became, um, what is our business really became, what, you know, what would it mean to create a more consciously secure world where the feminine is honored, where the divine feminine is honored. And so, uh, and so, and that's what we do. And so, 
um, uh, you know, cons consciously secure is how are we raising consciousness? How are we really creating a different approach to security and in a way that really makes sense? How are we protecting the feminine? How are we ensuring that we're supporting all aspects of individuals, all genders, but feminine is really related to energy, right? So there's masculine and feminine energy. So how are we protecting that energy um, in, in, a, in a masculine uh, world? And then um, the other thing is, of course, security, but also understanding that security, again, isn't just digital and physical, it's emotional, psychological and spiritual. And so how do we really bring all of that forth to be able to to birth a new uh, consciously secure world? Yeah. yeah. And I got to agree with Kevin on this. Wow. <laughs> That is by far one of the coolest. And I've heard a lot of really cool origin stories, but that is like amazing. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to experience such a, a, a spiritual moment like that and have that really be such a, a guiding force for you. But clearly it is. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've seen it, you know, me personally, I've seen it in the things that you do, the things you're involved with. I mean, you and I met through Wesis. Yeah. Actually, right. Exactly. And exactly. You know, and for those of you who don't know, Women in Cybersecurity, uh, mm -hmm. wonderful organization that uh, Jessica and I are both very fortunate to be a part of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, so I, I love the way that that is just so clearly and genuinely a guiding force for you. So how is that, how does that then manifest in terms of like when customers come to you and they say, you know, I, I feel like your customers must come with more than just, well, we need a VC cell, right? I mean, like I feel there's a million competitors out there that, you know, they could choose. Maybe some dude, that's all they'd come to you with. But I'm betting there's more to what brings them your way than say why they would go to some other organization. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times uh, people come to us and for the most part, we are a referral based business. So a lot of times people come to us because they've we've worked with someone that uh, that they've that they know um, they've actually already worked with another security or IT company, and they're, they're really looking for a different approach. Um, they're looking for something that's innovative and that maybe works with their, their culture or their values. Um, and then, um, and also people come to us sometimes if they feel like they can't or they have gone to law enforcement and law enforcement isn't supporting them with what they need. And so we kind of, we kind of sometimes tend to be that last approach where people have tried everything else. And so they're coming to us. Can you help? You know, like you're at, you know, we've tried everything else. And, um, and then other cases, people come to us because they are just looking for that VC. So and, um, and, and so we'll give them that service and that's all that they'll get from us. But in other cases, people come to us because um, they know, um, they've heard about how we work with individuals and they really are looking for the, that full scope approach. Um, and it's something that's absolutely needed for them in order for them to thrive, for their organization to thrive. And, um, um, and, um, and so they're, um, they, yeah. And so they're, they're looking for something different to, to really, help them to be and feel safe. And I think that the, you know, the truth is, is that people experience so many different things, organizations experience so many different things. I mean, we think that we all know what it's like because it's certain things seem universal, but, other, but certain things really aren't, you know, universal. Some, you know, when you, you know, when you feel like, um, you know, when you feel, when you don't feel safe and work and then you don't feel safe at home, those are those are very real things. Those are very real concerns, and um, and people experience that on a day to day basis. And so, for them to have the tools that they need in every way to just be able to live life, to be able to just get through the day, 
right? And I think that's something that can be relatable, right? Because we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with monkeypox, we're dealing with, you know, over, you know, overwork and exhaustion and all of these things. And, you know, I'm sure we all feel like sometimes I just can't get through the day. But when that is happening on a day-to-day consistent basis and it's, um, and you're receiving death threats or something just, you know, because of the work that you do in the world, it becomes a, it becomes a, this type of approach just is more important at a different level. So. So Frank made a comment here and, and I know he was referring, I, this came in about the time you were talking about, you know, just how word of mouth and, and that sort of thing kind of brings in a lot of your clients, but I, I'm going to use this and kind of segue just a shade here because what you just described to me is a very human first approach to secure mm-hmm. that I think is far too easily lost in our, our day-to-day. So often we think about security as like a technology thing alone. I even, you know, at the very beginning said something about, you know, our digital world and you very quickly brought it back to that that human piece, that human element, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, RSA, for a few years ago, making that the thing. Yeah. yeah. But it is that that human element that I, I, we oftentimes lose sight of. Do mm-hmm. you feel like your clients come in more that like they've they've got that focus and and they see the human side of it, or do you feel like you end up a lot of times having to bring that element out and show them? you know, this, this needs to be part of it. Hmm. I would say it's both. And it dep- I would say with the clients that know that this is what they want, because they know this is what we do, and, or, they, and, or they've seen or experienced it before, then they come in wanting this and they're clear and that's it. But then we have clients where, let's say they just want the VCSO work, but then somehow a problem arises, right? Like I was working with an incredible organization, um, a, a, a large organization, and they were, they were con- there was a conflict between the IT team and the leadership team. And they just couldn't, and they just couldn't communicate. But and um, and so I came in to really help support that at, in my role as a as a CISO. Um, and at the end of the day, it all came down to the human piece, um, and that. And so we had to we had to resolve that conflict. And it and it was probably it's probably now even to this day one of the most powerful career experiences that I've had. Also because of what we were able to accomplish after that. But um, but we I find that in those situations where there's a, a great when there's so much pain, right, right, where the leadership team wants something and the IT team wants something and they can't communicate because they're not using the same language. And there really is deep, deep pain because of what has not been accomplished or what the people feel have not been said or not been heard. Um, but then being able to go in there and really solve and really heal that is, is a powerful experience. And then to be able to move the organization forward to achieve really great things um, is something that I think um, is needed in every organization. And, you know, I think uh, technology is absolutely in, in important, but as of right now, the human, you know, it is still human led. Um, and, and we still have human beings that are in charge of the, the technology that we use on a day-to-day basis and ensuring that, um, that they are fully engaged and have everything that they need to be successful on all ends. So whether, whether it's the leadership team or the IT team or the security team, whatever, um, I find that that continues to be the most important piece of this work. So do you get, do you find yourself getting kind of resistance sometimes? I, I feel like there's still, I, I know I run into this from time to time. There's those people I feel like, well, all that human soft stuff, that's just to make people feel better. 
And so oftentimes it gets kind of rejected because people don't see necessarily the, the business value from that, right? Some right. security leaders, maybe those that are a little, uh, you know, more experienced will say, um, sometimes are used to a little bit different world. Do you run into that? And if so, how do you kind of change that narrative and, and get them to see how this is valuable to their business? Yeah, you know, I I do, and um, you know, but I'm very careful and strategic about what I do with people and what I don't do. You know, I can tell if people if people are ready to engage in a certain type of conversation, and if they're not, and if they're not, we're, I'm just not going to go there because there's no need to do that. Um, and so, um, so then we just talk about what's most important for them at that level of security, and we do that. Um, so I find that when I engage in these types of conversations, like this conversation that we've had, I've never had this conversation with another really security p- professional at this depth. You know, I'm doing it because you and I have a relationship. I love you. We, you know, like we, like we know each other. It's different. Um, but I've never, I don't, uh, even at security conferences, I would never talk about something like this because it isn't necessarily something that I, you know, I feel would be received there. Um, but what it is received by are, are leaders that are not security leaders that are living this on a day-to-day basis and know what they need, right? And so this wasn't catered or built for security leaders. This was built for leaders that um, that are um, that are uh, high profile, that are in the public eye, leaders that have uh, leading large organizations and are looking for innovative ways to be able to think differently about how um, uh, of what they need in, in not only their workplace, but also for themselves in order to thrive. So, so yeah, so just very strategic. Not everything is for everyone. Um, and I certainly don't um, invite conversations around things that um, where people, where I don't think people would be open. So. And that, and that makes sense. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, probably one of the most important things, I guess, as a consultant is understanding yeah. who you're working with, what message they need or what their needs are. And sometimes, yeah, it is just accepting that. All right. I can't, I probably can't influence that side. I know deep down they would probably do well to, to hear some of that and to take that in, but if they're not going to internalize it anyway, well, then it just it sort of reinforces some of their their bad behaviors and, and why even encourage that. So, I'm I'd like to explore a little more if you're open to this. Uh, you had mentioned kind of bringing that that feminine energy and then understanding that you know bringing that part of the human experience into what we do. Can you? What does that What does that mean to you? I mean that that says yeah. a lot of different things. I think to a lot of different people. But I'd love to understand how that, you know, guides what it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, creating a more consciously secure world for uh, where the feminine is centered really means that you know we live in a um, in a masculine dominated world. So, um, uh, a, a patriarchal world, but also a masculine energy dominated world. By that, I mean again, we have masculine and feminine energy within us, and it's the masculine energy that a lot of times that is rewarded, even in the workplace. Right? It's easier to compete than to collaborate. Right. It's better to always try and focus on how I'm going to win than go, okay, you know what? Maybe admit that I'm wrong and I'm willing to maybe take a different approach next time. Um, And uh, and always, you know, it's important to always have rules. Right. Things always have to be a certain way. Right. In security, we have our frameworks and we have all the different ways that we have to do them. 
But actually, what if we were able to be really creative and still be within the lines of our framework, but go, you know what, that really isn't going to work. So how do we like really just turn this upside down and just do something different and really allow to be in the flow of creativity and to just see what arises and to not be so confined. And so in reality, those that's what part of some of these things look like. Um, but also uh, also. It's understanding that, um, you know, that the feminine, that the feminine is centered. And so um, part of this means in the practical sense and a lot of the things that we do with Lesis around our equity advocacy, advocacy committee work is how are we really supporting the role of, uh, of inclusion and in also in the workplace? How are we support, supporting diversity? How are we insur- ensuring that people of all genders, people of all races are fully represented? And, um, and how are we ensuring that um, within that, that the feminine is centered, that the feminine energy is centered? Um, and, this, and this also, so it goes into the qualities that we lead with, it goes into the energy that we bring into a conversation and into a room. Um, it goes into how we are willing to uh, work with others, how we are willing to be, how we are willing to lead, um, and um, and how we're willing to communicate and show up. It goes all the way even down to our willingness to um, to be willing to think about how we connect to the environment around us. And I and I don't even just mean the environment in terms of our physical environment or our work environment, but thinking about sustainability <laughs> thinking about uh, what does it mean to um, what does it mean to support um, uh, like to help ensure a sustainable earth you know mm-hmm. uh, because the earth mother right I mean <laughs> you know if we're going to support the feminine we want to support all all of what that means uh, which means um, thinking about uh, what it means to have a sustainable land to live on. And so um, so it really means looking at it in multiple ways and, and supporting and through our own values at PurePoint, but then helping organizations to think about how they do that as well um, with their organization. So. Yeah, and you mentioned the work that, uh, you know, we've done, we've been fortunate enough to work together on the, the Equity Advocacy Committee. And I, I think that, you know, and, I've seen firsthand just the the way that you live this. And it's one of the things that really excites me every time I get to talk to you, because it is your, your own self-awareness around how do I help people feel not just safe, but like they actually belong, which is a thing. And I know that word belonging now is getting adopted into like DEI programs and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe that's good. Maybe that's not, I think it's the right focus you know, whether or not the word becomes a buzzword or not doesn't matter to me is so much as, you know, just helping people, uh, you know, so that they uh, can feel like they belong in an environment. Because at the end of the day, if I hire someone into my organization, or I'm working with someone in, you know, some, some nonprofit or some volunteer, volunteer role or whatever it is, and they don't feel like they belong there, yeah, they're they're not going to be effective. They're not going to stick around, and mm-hmm. that's you know yet another potentially really good resource that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that becomes this you know 
almost like the guiding light to me more than even talking about diversity and inclusion, which are all important aspects to that. But I feel like the, the holistic part of that is making people feel like they belong. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're all, you know, we are all connected. We're all, you know, we all, uh, we all in many cases, though, we're all very different. And it may feel like we're that dip that what makes us different seems to be coming more to light in the surface. But at the end of the day, we all want to be healthy. We all, all want to be happy. We all want to contribute. We all want to feel love, to extend love. And um, and there's so much more that can, that brings us together than separates us. And so it's really, to your point, it's about how do we constantly bring, how are we, how are we constantly bringing people in to really feel that connection to um, to the work that we're doing and, um, and, to, and to each other. And so I highlighted Kevin's comment here because I, one, I agree with it. And clearly so does Frank Barton, who also plus one that, but you know, I, I think this is this is true. I mean, this is, I think, where maybe the next level of cybersecurity falls is mm-hmm. being able to understand that it is so much more than just how do I secure a cloud environment or mm-hmm. how do I, you know, build a vulnerability management program or all those nuts and bolts things that we talk about, but to be able to sit down and actually have conversations about people and what people mean in terms of our, you know, living in a a secure way and and going back to your brand again, consciously secure living. Mm -hmm. So as as we think about that, how can we be as a security industry more conscious about this? Do you feel what, what do we need to do to, to add that conscious part of your consciously secure living and make and, and see that grow and get better? Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of things. I love that question. There are a couple of things that I would say in regards to that. I think I think this requires a mindset shift for the industry. You know, and what as you know, as we're looking to the next 10 years, one of the things that's really important for us is that we're looking at is how do we create this mindset shift within our own industry first with security leaders and then also across the world. And it's it goes back to the quote, I think, by Einstein that we can't solve the problems that we have at the same level of consciousness that that created those problems and so part of it is how you know part of it is how do we also take radical self responsibility to go you know what we're doing a lot of amazing things but there are a lot of things we could do better and how are we willing to to do these things differently how are we willing to communicate connect talk think create differently? What perspectives are we willing to listen to that we haven't listened to before or haven't even considered before and just be open to it? Um, And what are things that we're willing to do to literally create a higher level of consciousness? And so what this has looked like in practical reality for us is that we have what's called a Consciously Secure Leadership Series, which will start again in September. Um, We have, and we'll have one each week in September because we'll have our uh, our next cybersecurity, our next Consciously Secure Leader uh, Summit, which is gonna be October 10th, celebrating our our 10 year anniversary. And and, um, and people will be able to come to that if they're interested and experience this in real time. And I can guarantee you that will be unlike any security conference you've ever experienced. So if you want to, if you, you know, I encourage if people are interested in this discussion to come to that. Um, and then, um, and then one of the things that we do every morning, every single day, um, um, even on the weekends, is we have our consciously secure meditation. 
and we do it on Clubhouse and we also do it on Instagram Live and it's at 7.45 a.m. Eastern time. And it's where consciously, what we call our consciously secure leaders can come in for a 15 minute meditation at, uh, at 7.45 and we have a discussion afterwards, but it's an opportunity to connect and for us to, uh, and to us to think about what is, you know, to for ourselves, what does it really mean to grow our own consciousness? Um, and it's on 9.45 a.m. on the weekends. And, um, and so we're, we're continuing to do this. We're also launching our Consciously Secure Leader program because we are committed to this and we're committed to seeing how we can support not only the non-security leaders, but also security leaders in the future. So that'll be part of what we'll be launching at our conference in October. So um, I feel like there's a lot that can be done that can really help with supporting people that are interested, people that are willing. And I, you know, one of the things that I, that I know we're not for everyone, but for those that are interested, then um, those are just space for you um, if if you're if you would like to learn more. And I would love to invite you, Alyssa, to come speak at our summit in October. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about attending. If you didn't notice, I'm sitting here writing these things down as you're going. Like, because this is this is I, I really I love this. It is not the way that I would have thought. Um, you know, and yet it makes so much sense. Right. And I mean, you, you mentioned that quote about, you know, doing, I mean, it's that same thing, right? You can't, you can't fix the problems by doing the same thing you've always been doing mm-hmm. or being in the same space that you've always been in. And so I love this idea of how do we start to create a, a different consciousness around this? And maybe there is a collective consciousness that exists right. with that. And That's how exactly. can we grow that? I absolutely I, I'm I'm enthralled with this. This is incredible. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for that. And, and we, we we can chat more about you know other things related to that. But um, you know, I guess as we're getting close to the time to wrap things up here, um, you know, I'm I'm curious to if if you were speaking to just someone maybe individual contributors, someone in an organization where they're hearing this today and they're feeling like that really strongly, like this is, God, my organization would really benefit from this, but I don't feel like I'm in a position to make these changes because maybe I'm not at a very high management level and I don't have you know authority. Do you have any thoughts or what would you say to them about how they can start to maybe influence a little bit of this type of change in whatever type of organization it is that they're in where they think that maybe maybe we could do a little better, we could start to adopt some of this. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say is um, take a note of the conference October 10th um, and, um, and come to that. I think that that will give more of a, foundation on this so that one can even feel comfortable about thinking about how to communicate this within the workplace, you know, kind of the language and the words to use. I think also, which is why I also want to be cautious here, is that, you know, this this is about understanding the nuances of, of the workplace and what's going on. And it's also about, again, it starts with us. It's, it's, it is about radical self-responsibility. So part of, it's kind of like when we talk about allyship. You know, there's passive allyship, there's active allyship, there's an awareness of that someone is actually an ally and they're doing work as an ally or they're actually just doing nice things, but they don't even realize there's an, that they're an ally. So there's a point of actually coming into a conscious awareness 
of yourself and exactly of what it is that you're interested in doing, what it is you want to create, um, and then representing that in the workplace. So representing if you're interested in thinking about, well, what does it mean to create um, um, and bring in more feminine energy into the workplace or think about creating a more consciously secure workplace uh, grounded in the feminine, then when we see um, when we see spaces that are being um, very uh, top down or being very focused where it has to be this way and the only way or where people are talking over each other. Uh, where uh, where uh, people where everyone in the conversation doesn't have an opportunity to speak, you know, having an opportunity to to jump in and to really bring out and to really call that out, I think is important. Um, if we find that there are blocks happening within our organization, particularly related to cybersecurity, um, within within the the business, and we're finding that we can't find a way forward, be someone who's an advocate for thinking outside the box and creativity to go. Well, what can we do? We've tried everything, or at least we feel we can. What can we really do differently here? I think one of the things that people come to us for is when they're in a spot and they feel like they have no other way to solve their problem. Somehow they come to us and we're able to help them solve their problem. And I think it's really because we. You know, we don't, we don't, oh, we, you know, we want to do things within the whatever framework that they're doing, but we don't, uh, but we want to know that every option is on the table for the most part, every option. Um, and so, and to be able to, and to be able to look at things and to do things that maybe we wouldn't think to do, um, um, or that an organization wouldn't think to do and to problem solve in different ways. And so these are, I would say doing, you know, doing some things like that can be a, a great place to start. Awesome. So, I mean, it's, and there it is. It's just, you know, that, that personal responsibility and, and I guess, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, the way oversimplifying everything you just said. Um, but it is, it, I mean, it, at the end of the day, there is some value and truth in that of, yeah, mm -hmm. if that's the kind of positive energy you, you want to see in the world, start putting that positive energy out into the world mm -hmm. and let it multiply and, and let it grow. So um, we, we've gotten to that time where I, we've got to wrap things up, but this has been a, an absolutely incredible conversation. Not that that's a shock because, <laughs> again, I knew having you on the show was like, first of all, I can't believe I'm this fortunate, but second of all, um, I can't believe I'm for, so fortunate that I can call you my friend. Yeah, um, yes, likewise. <laughs> and this has been absolutely an incredible, incredible learning experience for me. I, I've learned so much just in the last, you know, 38 minutes or so that we've been here. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. So thank you so much. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Alyssa, truly. <laughs> and to all of you out there, I'm so thankful that you're here too and you got to hear <laughs> what a wonderful episode to have been a part of. Um, please do share it, uh, your friends, family, Twitter followers, LinkedIn followers, whomever. Um, hope to have you back here every week. We've got, you know, an amazing lineup of guests coming up. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be here every week that we can be. We might, you know, I take a break every so often, but, uh, Definitely keep coming back. If you've missed previous episodes, you know, you can check out the, the videos. They're available on the usual platforms. The recorded videos are on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Just go to the ITSP magazine uh, pages on those and you'll find it. And also, as always, this will get converted into podcast format. It'll be available in a few days. All of the past episodes are available as well. 
in all of the major podcast outlets like Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the deal. So (laughs) until next time, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Love having you here. So glad you were able to join us. And Jessica, one more time, thank you again. It was an absolute pleasure having you here today. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you for having me. That was it. All right. With that, take care, everybody. Stay safe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Securing Bridges Podcast with Alyssa Miller. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.